This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 867, June 13th, 2022. Uh, that was Jenny's number. 867-5309. Boom. It was 100 degrees on this day in 1956 and 37 degrees in 1969. Now, Aquaside wasn't keeping beaches free of weeds and algae by 1956. They were by 1969, but ironically, the kids would not have been swimming at a right. low of 37 degrees. But we're in the midst of a great swimming season, high of 98 forecasted tomorrow, about which more will be said in a moment. Aquaside uh, products are made. <coughs> excuse me. Yep, Aquaside products are made in White Bear Lake. They're uh, safe for you and your family and the fish. They're easy to use. <coughs> oh, I apologize. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products, as I say, are completely safe. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your specific weed problem. Get you the right products and make sure your product, or your uh, your beach looks great all summer long. Hello. Hi. You can call Aquaside at one eight hundred three two eight ninety three fifty or go to aquaside.com. <laughs> yeah. And now, excuse me. Thank you. From the mayor's office <laughs> above the boathouse <laughs> on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. We have a forecasted high tomorrow of 98, and it's being treated with alarm. I don't think that's hyperbole. Mm -hmm. Be safe. Yeah, drink some water. Take care. Yeah. I saw one this morning of uh, don't forget about your pets. Yeah. So today the high, uh, the record high on this day was 100 degrees in 1956 on June 13th. They had a hell of a run in 1956. Mm-hmm. On June 10th, 1956, they set a record 99. On June 11th, they set a record in 1956, 96. On June 12th, 1956, they set a record 95. And on this day in 1956, 100 degrees. And I, I, I suspect that people were either enjoying it or just saying, damn it, it's hot. Right. What but are you going to do? They weren't, uh, they weren't convinced the world was ending. Right. So in your world, they were enjoying it or they were saying it's hot. They right. weren't saying this sucks. They might have been saying that. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, they might have been saying that, but 
Uh, I was around in 1956, but I must admit, I don't really remember that you hot streak. You don't recall no. that day. No, you were just a young young. Must have been a hell of a hot streak. Well, I, I passed a milestone Saturday evening filling up the CP's uh, car. $5.09 a gallon. Congratulations. $100. Bucks. Huh? $100. No, was it? it was about $76. $5.09 a gallon. That was for, a, uh, I guess, the highest grade of regular. Got it. I don't know what premium cost. And uh, I could have gone to a lower grade of regular, and her car would have accommodated that. But, uh, you know, I'm neurotic, so I put in the better stuff. I love gas that accommodates a car. Let me uh, know when you would like 54 seconds of the president on this very topic, but I know you have more information. Oh, I'll take it right now. This was uh, delivered by a reporter by the name of Eric Erickson. I believe he is a talk show host. I don't know in which market. But basically the caption reads, Joe Biden said he was willing to see people hurt economically to get us off fossil fuels. Your high gas prices are all a part of his plan. Don't believe me? Well, just listen to him for yourself. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. That's $7.29 a gallon for a small car with a 12-gallon tank. It would cost you $87 to fill it all the way up. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Gas prices are so high, the Isabella, Isabella County Sheriff's Office here says they've actually blown through their fuel budget already, so they will respond to some non-emergency calls by phone. I've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and That's gas. Not Putin. <laughs> but we're going with that in the well, White House. I, I wasn't going to get to this right away, but you, you're allowing me to dovetail right into it. There's a great piece uh, in the Wall Street Journal today by Thomas J. Dusterberg who was a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute, and he served as Assistant Secretary of Commerce from 1989 to 1993. And he writes about the costly contradictions of Biden's crusade for green energy. Mm -hmm. It flat out will not work. Hmm. President Biden's energy program is crystal clear. An an all-of-government assault on the domestic fossil fuel industry to further a green agenda. But its economic and political fallout is a muddled contrast. The Biden plan distorts or undermines so many other domestic and international priorities that it is in need, dire need, of a mid-course correction, which we've given up hoping for. When everyone is begging for it. The administration's efforts led by climate czar John Kerry and propelled by the progressive wing of Mr. Biden's coalition have included curtailing new leases for drilling, preventing new pipeline development, and expanding the areas off-limits for production. The Securities and Exchange Commission has discouraged new financing of fossil fuel projects, new automobile mileage standards, and increased mandates for ethanol blending and gasoline are part of the program. Pressure to phase out coal-fired electricity production and thwart new mining projects also contribute to the higher prices deemed the best tool to force the transition to a green energy infrastructure, which would result in this country losing its footing in the world. Mm-hmm. We would not be the United States. We'd be the United States of America, but on a much weaker platform. That's me talking, not this guy. <clears throat> 
To avoid the political brunt of historically high consumer energy prices, the administration apparently is considering allowing more exports of oil by Iran as it is for Venezuela. Why? Let's do our own. Right. It is also tolerating the somewhat inconsistent application of oil and gas embargoes on Russian supplies and increased purchases by China and India. Despite the urgent global need to displace supplies of Russian oil and gas, encouraging domestic production of these fuels is not part of the administration's response to Vladimir Putin's aggression in Ukraine, and pressure on domestic production undermines other administrative initiatives such as rebuilding the manufacturing sector, creating jobs, strengthening supply chain resilience, and weakening dictatorial adversaries such as Iran and Venezuela. No, we'll go buy oil from those dictators. On the renewable side of the ledger, the Biden team is trying to speed up the adoption of green energy resources and has proposed massive tax incentives and subsidies to that end. On June 6, the administration announced a workaround for dumping investigation on imported solar panels, uh, giving a two-year reprieve to imports from the Southeast Asian suppliers. Many of these are partly owned and supported by Chinese firms, including uh, with the basic component of polysilicon from Xinjiang. The U.S. recently passed a law banning direct imports of uh, polysilicon and other materials from the province due to the use of forced labor and other human rights abuses, coupled with the possible easing of Trump-era tariffs on Chinese products to combat inflation. Such actions directly benefit China, a country that has not condemned Mr. Putin's war. The Middle Kingdom leads the world in making solar panels and wind turbines. As First Solar, the only U.S. firm still competitive on a global scale in a photovoltaic solar panels, commented the reprieve on imports from Southeast Asia directly undermines U.S. solar manufacturing by giving unfettered access to China's state-subsidized solar companies for the next two years. Let me stop. You're pulling a thread on a sweater, and it's yeah. all unraveling. Like the pink yeah. panther? Yep. It's all unraveling. None of this can work with each other. Our only hope is a complete replacement of this administration. Yeah. And we don't have enough time for that. Yeah, that's just it. There's three years left. What's it going to be by that time? What's going to be two and a half years from now? Just imagine, you guys. We can only hope that they'll learn a lesson come this fall with the midterms. And, you know, and the... the, uh, interests of their own selves turn things around and change things. The administration's crackdown on mining projects also disadvantages the U.S. electric vehicle industry. China, which controls much of the mineral production needed for lithium-ion batteries, is ramping up domestic production of these minerals while buying lithium and cobalt mines in Africa and South America. (laughs) As far as Mr. Biden's aim to reinvigorate U.S. manufacturing, his energy policy undermines hundreds of thousands of good jobs in the fossil fuel industry and does little to foster a renewable energy industry at home. The administration's program may help promote new jobs installing solar heating panels and in large-scale electric generation plants, but the underlying hardware is largely sourced outside the U.S. with raw materials mined and refined from foreign sources. Last month, there were 54,700 jobs for solar installers in the U.S. with average wages of $23 an hour. At the same time, the oil and gas extraction industry employed 137,400 workers who were paid an average of $45 an hour. Hmm. 
Many U.S. foreign policy goals are compromised by the Biden energy policy. Domestic producers can help European and other allies limit dependence on Russian energy, while at the same time preserving U.S. energy independence and encouraging domestic production of oil and gas would spare Washington from compromising with hostile leaders in Venezuela and Iran, which they apparently are not going to do. Uh, Where was I? Forgoing domestic production in favor of Saudi Arabia and other dictatorships also exacerbates the carbon emission problem, as these producers are largely indifferent to production methods, limiting methane and CO2 leaks. American producers have made cleaner production a priority. Devoting more land to ethanol production for blending with gasoline is also misguided amid shortages of grain for basic food needs, which apparently is only going to get worse the more the Ukrainian ports are blocked. Yep. What the hell? A pragmatic understanding of the overall costs and benefits of the transition to a green economy at a time of war and economic challenges would lead to a more coherent policy. It's time for a revised energy plan. This is uh, Dusterberg, a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. He served as Assistant Secretary of Commerce 1989 to 1993. We're, we're, in the, we're being held hostage to just incredible misunderstandings either by design or unintentionally from an administration that is blind to the reality of what these policies really mean. Did you just say unintentionally? Yeah, I, I don't think they're blind. Because well, I don't buy unintentionally well, for one bleeping second. I'm just trying no, to Joe, we just heard 57 seconds of audio of no, him yeah, predicting that this was going to happen. Stop being charitable. Yeah. Uh, they're not blind. They know what they're doing. He well, they're said, wrecking and, the country. Joe, we're not headed for rock bottom. We're there. It's not a rock bottom. It's quicksand, and we're going under. This How country low is done. Can we go? We it's done. A hole. It's over. We don't have two and a half years to, to wait to get out. We need to be rescued yesterday. Along those lines, I've got an email from a guy who's emailed before, Greg Quaddy. Uh, Hi, gang. Much has been made of the extremely high price for gas in this country lately, so much that I don't feel the need to address this specific topic. Instead, I'd like to focus on a couple of key talking points that are often brought up by whoever supports the political opposition whenever prices are high. At this time, that would be some of those on the right. First, many people often say at this point two years ago, gas was considerably under $2 a gallon, ostensibly trying to link the price point to the policies or even the mere presence of the former president. While that may or may not be true in a general sense, to claim that point regarding 2020 is grossly misleading at best and flat out wrong at worst. It shouldn't take a genius to know that the primary reason for those low prices was plummeting demand as a result of the onset of COVID-19. The former president was a non-factor. Second, it's also said by some that America doesn't produce oil anymore. That is incorrect. As an attached link will indicate, the current ranking of countries by oil production puts the United States ahead by a wide margin of over 1 million barrels per day. Third, and in my view, the most laughable is the often made point that we are a nation, that we as a nation were energy independent under the previous administration. That, too, was oversimplification. While it's true that in 2020 oil output rose slightly, this alone does not mean we as a country were independent. As the attached Reuters article indicates, there are many things that would factor into that claim were it true. 
In the article, there's a very applicable, applicable quote by Andrew Campbell, executive director of the Energy Institute at the Haas School of Business at Berkeley University. Energy independence is a political slogan, not an economic or technical concept. With a clear definition often used by politicians to imply that a country is insulated from global energy markets. That is rarely the case. Mm. Oil is a global commodity. Mm -hmm. If a country produces all the energy that it consumes, does not participate in international trade or energy, does not import energy-intensive products, and does not send energy-related pollution to its neighbors of the atmosphere, then I would consider it energy independent. I don't think any country meets that definition. We're still, we're still quoting Andrew Campbell of Berkeley. Uh, thank you for all the good work you do. I hope I've been in some help and assistance with my emails and endless pestering in the comment section on the show's Facebook page. Good luck, Greg. And I emailed him back and I said, I like this. What's your background? Anticipating he might have some background in the oil industry. Mm -hmm. And he wrote back, no specialized background to speak of, per se, just a longtime fan and emailer who likes to research things. Wow. I found the article I was looking for, by the way. It's from the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Fuel prices are so high. How, How high, high are they? Are they? Uh, most people are choosing not to fill up all the way. Let this sink in. Triple mm -hmm. A. We're all familiar with Triple A. Sure. I'm a member. They fielded 50,787 out of gas calls in April alone. Really? Really? People just rolling the dice. Just going to keep rolling until. Yep. Wow. Think about that. That's from the gas is too damn high party. Well, I paid 509. Yep. Uh, I did see somebody tweet out a photo. It was 10 and a quarter in a city I'm not familiar of outside of uh, San Francisco. Well, California has the highest gas prices in the country. Yep. So. Hmm. Hmm. But it's clear. Mr. McMillan, would you like Allow me to introduce myself. What do you got? I represent the rent that's too damn high party. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, Love you that. do. If yes, someone were simply to just run on the gas is too damn high party, they probably get some votes. They would absolutely probably get, some, get votes. some votes. Well, that guy might too, because rent is going up like everything else. Yes, it is. But what's so sad or so disconcerting is that we're not led by people who share our concern. No. Uh, they want to tell us how to live. Biden and the progressive wing uh, are insistent that we must do something to save the earth. Never mind that India and China are not going to. Southeast Asia is not going to. It's a, it's a dreadful situation. It's so un-American-like, it strikes me. And then one of their answers is, well, look what they pay in Europe. Well, who cares what they pay in Europe? That's their problem. Right. Yeah, somebody had said, California's looking at $5 a gallon of gas as a bargain. Yeah. That's the base, the same comparison you just made. <laughs> you know, Norway doesn't produce a lot of oil. That's their problem, right. what they pay for oil, what they pay for gas. This country steamrolled forward on the back of a gallon of gasoline and the, and the miracle of energy it produces in one gallon. And it's being taken from us. Mm-hmm. I can tell you where to contemplate this. Where's that? Giants Ridge. Oh, yeah. 
Well, it's quiet and it's close. When's yeah. the GL trip, by the way? It's 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 uh, well, we're gonna talk it's about right. it. one day closer. Yeah, it's one, one day, day closer. You're gonna have to come. You're gonna have to come pick me up. Yeah. I can't afford we'll to send over. <laughs> but that's the that's the point about maybe considering Giants Ridge for your family vacation destination. You'll stay within the borders of the state, and you maybe can afford the gas to get there. And once once you get there, there's a water recreation, biking, hiking, the newest and largest lift serve mountain bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging and more, but most importantly, the legend in the quarry, two of the greatest golf values in Minnesota, and a must-golf destination for golfers all over the country. Right now, through August 29, play the legend and the quarry with one incredible rate, with lunch on them between rounds, and then put your feet up at the Wakuda Grill, and uh, you'll enjoy one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. You can view 3D course flyovers of the legend in the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. Book tee times online at GiantsRidge.com or by calling 218-865-8030. Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. As you set out to explore Minnesota this summer, think about this. I didn't even know this. There are 234 cities in Minnesota with a population over 2,500, and the Canopy Group has clients in all but seven of those. Why is this fact important? Because the Canopy Group's experience in all those Minnesota cities gives them a unique edge in getting you the best home and auto insurance coverage at the best price. Remember, the Canopy Group offers 16 insurance companies for a reason. That's to match your specific situation for your area with the absolute best insurance company for you. This is done every year because your specific situation may change. This experience working throughout Minnesota provides thousands of Canopy Group clients the peace of mind that knowing that Canopy Group is working for them. Please visit thecanopygroup.com today. Truth, Justice, and the Souchere. A little sea foam in the tank, a little sea foam in the crank, a little sea foam in the tranny, and life will be dandy. Very Hi. nice. Is that on a I, Christmas card? That's a Pauline I'm a, quote. Hi, I'm Langston Hughes, and the uh, the sea foam in the crank experiment, it's on actually right now for my son Silverado. It's been acting the fool, smoking on startup, burning a little more oil than it previous, uh, previously had, so he's... He's got an oil change scheduled for later this week. So what the heck? We added half a can uh, to the crankcase last night to see if that'll knock any junk and gunk loose. So stay tuned for up that update. Of course, you know where the rest of the bottle went, right in the tank. That's where it belongs. And then I tried Tranny Tune for the first time in old Big Bertha. And so far, the weird shifting issues at very low speed have disappeared. The stuff is like voodoo, and I mean in a very good way. Uh, so, yeah, plenty of uh, uses for seafoam over the weekend. Truly a wonderful product for everything that ails your cylinders. We're talking seafoam. You'll recall the other day we spoke about the uh, outgoing director of the Minneapolis Office of Violence Prevention. Oh, reflecting on her legacy. Sasha Cotton. Yes. You don't have a legacy, dear. <laughs> uh, emailers have alerted me to a couple of things. This is a piece from May 18th that appeared in Alpha News. And it's astonishing to learn this and what a scam this multi-million dollar program is. So-called violence interrupters, civilian activists designed to de-escalate volatile situations without police involvement, cannot be dispatched to 911 emergencies. 
according to a city spokesperson. Wow. Okay. Crime Watch Minneapolis recorded audio of Minneapolis Police Department officers requesting violence interrupters at the scene of a double homicide, this is back in May, where a crowd was becoming volatile on Saturday. After asking twice, officers were told that dispatch can't get a hold of the activists. We're not able to get in touch with the violence interrupters. They're not up yet. <laughs> We're checking, but I don't know if there's a way to get into contact with them. A dispatcher was heard saying on the radio. You're kidding me. Alpha News reached out to the city of Minneapolis asking them to clarify the process by which violence interrupters are dispatched. The violence interrupter team is part of the Minneapolis Strategic Outreach Initiative are not 911 deployable through dispatch, spokesman Casper Hill told Alpha News. Requests for teams come through the city's Office of Violence Protection, he continued. <laughs> Hill also added that requests for scene response would have to come from MPD, but it's unclear how this works in light of last week's ins- last week installed deployment. The bulk of violence interrupters' actions, Hill explains, are dictated by crime, crime data. The city receives regular communication from community groups and businesses asking for interrupters to add areas to their routes to pay attention for areas of concern. We do our best to accommodate, but unfortunately the work routes are dictated by crime data around shootings and the interrupters' working knowledge in relationships related to ongoing violence in their geographic area, Hill concluded. Hmm. It's a non-answer. It's utter BS. Earlier this year, the Minneapolis City Council doubled funding for that program. The initiative now has $7.5 million You are kidding. at its disposal. However, not all Minnesotans have the same amount of faith in violence interrupters as the city council. What's the, their training in violence interrupters? The Agape Movement is a group that coordinated with Mayor Fry to help ensure peace on the streets of George Floyd Square. Uh, were reopened after streets were reopened for use. Before aiding in reopening the streets, however, the Agape member named Akeem Kubi told reporters last year he will probably kill someone someday, warning that white reporters covering the aftermath of George Floyd's death are not safe because hurt people hurt people. Whatever the hell that means. I've never heard a cop say that. We push for peace as a similar group that serves as a pseudo-police force that can be hired to replace cops in areas that want less official law enforcement presence. They have been contracted by the city of Minneapolis. While working for Cub Foods last year, one member of the group was recorded savagely beating a homeless man. Citing controversial events like this, Republicans and pro-transparency progressives alike are calling for more scrutiny to be directed at violence interrupters. No, there's some people in the hood getting $7.5 million. Shut up, money. That's a prig, That's a huge jump. And our friends at the center of the American experiment did a deep dive. Are they on it? Violence interrupter program set to receive $7.5 million, even though it fails to produce required accountability records. Wow. <laughs> Last Feb, Minneapolis committed $7.5 million to the city's violence interrupter program. Staffed from members of at least six nonprofit contractors, these violence interrupters wear brightly colored T-shirts while patrolling the streets on foot. Team members are paid 30 bucks an hour and work in five-hour shifts six nights a week. The citizen groups are not affiliated with the Minneapolis Police Department. This is a scam. This is paying people to hope they don't kill anybody. Hmm. As discussed in previous posts on this website, some in the defund police movement 
believe there are viable alternatives to policing which can achieve similar public safety results in terms of reducing crime while avoiding alleged harmful consequences related to an increased police presence. Activists often cite police violence against marginalized communities as a harmful consequence they need to avoid by replacing police officers on the street with citizen groups. To date, research on the effectiveness of violence interrupters ranges from weak to disappointing. This was a piece from the Center of the American Experiment on March 21st of this year, mm-hmm. two or three That's months ago. That's what it takes to get, what did you say, 7.5. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes, weak to disappointing. What's more, replacing police with citizen groups effectively undermines the police department's ability to engage in modern community policing, which aims to build trust and confidence with the communities they protect and establish the police as co-producers of public safety in neighborhoods plagued by violence. Mm-hmm. And here's your, here's your legacy, Sasha Cotton. As the data suggests, Minneapolis is suffering from a spike in murders, gun crime, robbery, and carjackings. City leaders and citizens deserve to know whether the novel violence interrupter program is having an impact on crime and fostering a feeling of security within the communities in I, which it operates. The answer is no. Uh, say, They're oh, not. Oh, no, me, the answer me. is no. <laughs> That's a hell of a legacy. Here we go. According to Sasha Cotton, the director of the city's Office of Violence Prevention, teams made hundreds of contacts with people and report that they have de-escalated a variety of uh, conflicts. We don't know that. Because well, they won't keep there's records. No, there's no uh, records of this. know that. A review, a review of the city's contract language suggests that the nonprofits are required to complete all necessary documentation, report shift activities, and track all hours worked. This accountability is absolutely critical to determining whether the program is effective and whether taxpayer dollars were properly spent. There is one problem. The city contends that it does not have records of the work performed. Yeah, they're being duped by grifters. This is a grifter deal. Yep. This is a scam, and the citizens of Minneapolis are paying for it. Yep, and loving it. Yep. One local advocacy group filed requests under the Minnesota Government Data Practices Act asking the city to produce monthly progress reports from nonprofit groups contracted to do the violence interruption work. The city replied that written reports were not required of contractors. What? Why aren't they? Why aren't? Why would they get a free pass? That seven point uh, five million dollars is bought cars and uh, Homes, property. Stuff. And uh, I, 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 I will say allegedly, but I have no doubt. Well, it was, it, wouldn't it fall under the same guise as the food fraud? Sure, which has disappeared again. We should have signed up to be violence in the interrupters. Oh, you're right, Kenny. That'd have been a sweet side hustle. Can we do that? In lieu of organizations submitting schedules and monthly reports, that information yeah. is. Uh, being gathered from the contractors through verbal reports and discussions. Apparently, some of the reports noted above were made over the phone, according to a city compliance official. Matt Ealing, a board member with the Minnesota Coalition of Government Information, observed, it's very surprising that there would not be any data uh, about that because even if the contracted party is not supplying the data, there's still going to be somebody from the city on the other end of that phone call making notes. This is basic good governance 101, Ealing said. The public has to understand what its tax, do- tax dollars are being used for. They're being used for anything except interrupting crime. Mm. Late last month, a lawsuit was uh, 
filed against six nonprofits for not turning over records of how they spent the money from the city. <laughs> Other than that. Uh, that amount of money, and it's never going to be audited? Do they think it's just an open pit where they're going to keep throwing that cash in? And the Center of the American Experiment concludes, Minneapolis is now projected to spend $7.5 million on top of the $2.5 million previously allocated. Taxpayers deserve to see the reports on how this money was spent and what effect, if any, this program has on community safety. Stay tuned to the Center of the American Experiment. And they're, you know what they are. Damn though. right we will. You know what they are. They're just a right-wing place. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is, what's the headline to this piece? I'm looking for it, and I can't find it. It's from March 21st, 2022. <clears throat> Violence Interrupter Program set to receive $7.5 million even though it failed to produce required accountability records. All right. What uh, what was about an hour and a half ago? Would that be 11 in the morning? Yes. It's 4,500 block of Hiawatha Avenue, robbery uh, wait, in... Wait, wait, wait. Let me set this up oh. for you, Chris. Yeah. So my state patrol scanner um, went down this morning. Um, so just for the fun of it, I haven't listened in a long time. I switched over to Minneapolis, precincts 1 through 5. I had the scanner on for about one minute when <laughs> I heard this. Uh, 4500 block of Hiawatha Avenue, Joe. Yes. A shoplifter has a gun in a ro- in process of robbery of a business. Uh, the suspect is a black male, heavyset, short hair, uh, blue shorts, black at the bottom. Shots fired at 50th and Hiawatha at the light rail platform. Yep. Where are the interrupters? Well, they're on their way. They're, um, and that's why I was looking for the article, mm-hmm. Where are the Interrupters? Earlier on, early in the art piece you were reading, um, something about we can't find them, we can't get a hold of them, and then there was this really detailed BS explanation saying, well, they're mostly in their geographical area, right. blah, 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 oh, which Lord. I translated as... They're sitting on the couch, and they're hearing something going down, down the block, and they walk down there to see what's up Yep. and getting paid 7.5 mil for that, that effort. That's not a bad gig, huh? This not is bad. outrageous. Sasha Cotton, you've got one hell of a legacy of complete failure. Complete failure. It's, yeah, it's she's a class A grifter. It's just astonishing. And she's getting bumped up in right. the world. She's going to John Hayes Criminal College to view this from a world perspective because she's done such a hell of a job here. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to be destroyed by completely mysterious thinking. It's that simple. It's just astonishing. How to get 7.5 mil from the man 101. Mm-hmm. You guys remember the video? We, I, I believe we talked about it, of the Rook, what, what is it called, the, the luggage truck that would take Everyone's luggage from the terminal to the to the uh, yeah, like the little tugs, the plane, whatever that's called. Yeah, and it's spinning out of control because the driver either oh. fell off or whatever. Yes, doesn't that feel like the ride that we're on basically right now? And have You're right. been for it, some it's, time. It's the boat out in the middle of the lake. Yeah. The guy didn't have his tether attached. He fell out. The boat's doing circles <laughs> on Lake Minnetonka. That's right. That's right. Only it's not Lake Minnetonka. It's Lake Hiawatha that you can't swim in because it's full of s. <laughs> It's just amazing. It's just truly oh, amazing. Speaking of boats, tell these two what you told me the video Kelsey sent you. Oh, he sent me a video showing... Uh, it's gone viral on social media. That's why I want you to bring it up. Illegals pulling up to the beachfront in Laguna Beach, California, 
Okay. A, a big skiff full of people About jumping 20, out, 20 people. swimming up to shore, and then they just let the boat go. And you hear the two people filming this saying, you mean they're just going to let the boat go? <laughs> and the boat floats back out into it the doesn't even get the to shore. It doesn't even get to shore, and they're all hopping out of it, running for the hills. It looks like was, a biathlon, a triathlon where they're all swimming in. Was there one guy up at the bow with his foot up on the bow like George Washington? <laughs> <laughs> one arm in front. <laughs> well, imagine, I'm sure that those are really cheap property taxes you're paying on Laguna Beach. Oh, my God. Imagine being that guy filming going, wait, wait no, they're just going to no. leave. Imagine. Imagine. Yeah. Being that guy. Filming that video. You're, you're kidding me. I just paid what in property taxes this year? This is, uh, well, let's stick with the $7.5 million. Uh, I don't know why you residents, well, it's happening the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. But in this specific case, Minneapolis taxpayers have a precise $7.5 million to point to and have every, have every right in the world to wonder who's getting it and what has resulted from that expenditure. But and you're not going to get that information. And that's just it. No one is going to be, will come forward with that info. Well, you guys, nobody in Minneapolis is wondering. They're wondering where they can send the next check to. They've got the checkbook open, it's signed already, and they're willing and happy to pay more. Okay, I want to pursue that. Why? To assuage their white guilt. Assuage, is that a bleep, that word? No. Okay. Mm, it's getting close. It's right there. It's right at the... To uh, tamper, to water down, okay. to ease their go. white guilt. Thank you. Thank you. I, those are words I understand. Well, that might be true if you're in a mansion. Are you kidding me? It was Lake true in the Isles. No, no, no. It was true in my neighborhood. Blue-collar people. Well... They're crazy because they're getting taken to the cleaners. This Bingo. Is a, this is a grifter right operation. Yep. You were not, just taking $7.5 million a year dollars. is just being stolen from you. Not to be confused with all the other fraudulent programs going. And redistributed. Why, uh, Kenny lives in the country now. Mm-hmm. You had violence interrupters up there? Nope, but we got woodchucks. And okay. those things like to make themselves at home in your property. <laughs> and I've got a way of dealing with them. Okay, wonderful. Kenny's removal service? Yeah. Is it Kenny's removal service? Yeah. So you want to get away. Is that what you're saying, Kenny? I'm already away, Matthew. All right. well, talk the, to me. For the rest of us that want to get away, I want to let you know that there is a travel agency that is local here that has over 70 combined years in the travel industry. It's called Escape With Us Vacations. I've used them. I know you have. And, and I've enjoyed my experience. I'm very thrilled that you have because that is firsthand experience to tell people that they're trustworthy, they know what they're doing and truth be told, full disclosure, uh, they're my two sisters that own this travel agency. They're pretty they're, good at this. They are. They're taking a chance on Garage Logic, and I hope that all of you garage logicians, wherever you want to go, I mean, they can put together some big trips. Egypt, Poland, Jordan, Mexico, Croatia, they've been there, just to name I a few. I ain't going to Jordan. Then you know what? Just go ahead and book your flight to Fort Myers. That's fine. Travel is an investment. They're here to create and guide you with those bucket list trips, where they're once in a year or whether it's once in a lifetime. They I, get to know the clients on a personal level. I live in Jordan. It's not that far. Well, no, what about, I, I want to go to South St. Paul to see where their brother lives. Uh, that's not, uh, that's off the list. I took it off the list. You're on the no-look list. It's kind of like the no-fly list. I'll tell you what, though. They specialize in luxury travel, exotic itineraries, honeymoons, destination weddings. You know what? I don't have to tell you what they specialize in. They specialize in travel and making you happy. If you use them, you don't lose tens or hundreds of hours each trip staring at a screen with dozens of tabs open. You won't waste money. You won't waste time. 
Your entire experience will be professionally planned and documented. Plus, while you're traveling, they're just an email or a phone call away. Don't get caught without a travel agent. Don't get caught without the best. Escape with us vacations. 651-788-4338. Tell Teresa or Maria that the Rook sent you or email them at travel at escapewithusvacations.com. That's travel at escapewithusvacations.com. Welcome, Maria and Teresa. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Nobody wants to hear Matthew say to him, you're doing it wrong. So before you even do it wrong, listen to Kenny here. Before you run off to that big box lumber yard or the farm shop, whatever, I want you to go over to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Take a look at the Liberty brand of safes. They provide the best protection from life's calamities and then stop into maple grove lock and safe at 6901 east fish lake road meet our guy rich he's the owner easy going stand up dude he'll make sure you go home happy and by happy what i really mean is you just bought the best safe ever made the liberty safe and you got 10 percent off and that's from the entire liberty lineup 10 percent off across the board on everything liberty makes right now at maple grove lock and safe dot com forget about buying some generic steel box from the lumber joint. Rich and his shop in Maple Grove is absolutely the best place in the Midwest uh, in the Midwest <laughs> to pick up a safe. I'm not sure what his figure is like. But I, I used to have a Midwest store. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic a, wasn't kind. He, he's a sexy guy, Rich is, yeah. Uh, stop in and see Rich for yourself or uh, stop in on the website at the very least, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Rook, look up Did Jerry Spies. I think it's S-P-I-E-S. Yep. Uh, establish a record on Yankee Girl. Yeah, Jerry Spies is the white bear fellow who uh, sailed his tiny, tiny craft across the ocean and made it. And I'm wondering if he established a record. That's not the Japanese guy, is it? No, no he's no, a white, white bear, bear lake, lake guy. guy. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Because uh, there's a new... Go ahead. Uh, okay, not yet. I don't know. All right, because there's a new guy trying to establish a record. Uh, Andrew Bedwell... 48 from Lancashire, hopes to break a world sailing record. He has crafted a three-foot, three-inch boat, which he will sail from Canada to Cornwall. Well, that's a coffin. And Well, no, it's not even that. As Kelsey notes, it's literally a bobber. I'm looking at pictures of it. He can't even stretch out. Well, that's not a boat. Well, this is akin to some jackass going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. But Daredevil Father will sail 1,900 miles. He won't sail. He'll be drifting. Battered, yeah. He'll be at the mercy of the sea. A Daredevil Father will sail 1,900 miles across the Atlantic Ocean in a tiny 3-foot, three 3-inch three boat he built himself as he audaciously attempts to break a world record. Jerry is the champion small craft sailor who set two world's records by sailing his 10-foot homemade plywood sh- uh, sloop Yankee girl. I've got to click on here to find out what the actual record is, though. Okay. Continue. Andrew Bedwell, 48, who will set off the uh, will set off from Newfoundland next May, hopes to smash the record for sailing the smallest boat to cross the Atlantic. On the long reaches across the Pacific, he took only 34 days to sail 2,539 miles from Long Beach to Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Okay, never mind this guy. I have in my possession a 10-foot, it's been restored but hasn't hit the water, a 10-foot Parker 
Prairie Boatworks rowboat. Yeah. I think we need to do some kind of suitch um, uh, experiment. Can you uh, shove pr- me off the promotion. coast. Right, here we go. See where I end up. Let's, Make sure let's the plug put them in. Let's put them in. That, no, it's so old they don't have plugs, uh, Matt. Oh. Let's just shove them in White Bear Lake with no oars and see how far he gets. Go visit that bear. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a guy who did it, Hugo Velen, who made the passage in a five foot, four inch boat 30 years ago. But as I say, this fellow, does that look like a boat to you guys? Uh, no. It's it not looks a, like it a looks contraption. Like a, it looks no. like a recycling container. It looks like yeah. a contraption. Right. It's not a boat. So good luck to you, pal, but I'm not buying it. Yeah. He's going to be visiting. Now, he did the 1979 crossing of the Atlantic in Yankee Girl uh, from Virginia Beach to Falmouth, England in 54 days. 54 days and... Uh, I'm not getting days of the trip for Hugo Velen, who made the record 30 years ago in a five-foot boat. He did have a uh, visiting Davy Jones's locker. I think mm-hmm. is what he's he did do. have a quote though uh, before he took off. What's the most important thing to know for yeah, going yeah. on a boat? The most important thing is the safety. Yeah. Nope. Uh, no. Yeah, most important no thing is uh, stay nope. in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> How can this guy even <laughs> sleep? How could right. he sleep in this thing? Well, one of Spies' quotes... Spies at least could curl up and sleep. He said, I was was asleep a third of the time. Just closing the thing off, and still I'd be crapping my pants. But that's in the 10-footer, right? Yankee Girl was 10 feet? Yeah, I'm looking at an image of her, uh, and that, in fact, does look like a coffin. The the new guy I'm talking about, or Jerry? Uh, The Yankee Girl boat. Well, Jerry's looked like a boat. I saw him doing trials on White Bear. I thought it was a marker buoy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good description. I saw it from a couple hundred yards away, and I thought, who put a marker buoy out there? (laughs) What? 500 cans of food, 24 gallons of drinking water, 54 gallons of gas for an outboard motor to be used when becalmed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? I would have had that thing going right out of the harbor. <laughs> little three-horse Johnson smoking to beat the band. In other words, when he's... That's a, that's a not when there's no, sail. Yeah, we can't say yeah, that. No you don't have to say, be calm, how precious this writer is. Because when a dummy like me reads it, I'm like, oh, be calm? What the hell is that? Last August, a St. Paul woman was driving near York Avenue and Frank Street with her boyfriend and their two children, ages one and four, when they heard gunshots. It was someone in another car shooting at them. Mm. Three bullets hit their red Denali on the driver's side door, rear passenger door, and back of the vehicle. The woman called 911 as she raced away from the car trying to lose it in traffic, and police quickly stopped the other driver near the East Team Police Station. Good. Inside the car, same police uh, St. Paul police found a live round, a magazine in the door, and a gun with another extended magazine. The 40 caliber rounds matched the spent cartridge casings in the intersection where the shots were fired. Oh, good. They caught him. These oh, guys yeah. must be behind bars. Oh, absolutely. Police arrested 19-year-old Jacob Gunn and another Ramsey County attorney charged him with drive-by shooting and assault with a dangerous weapon. According to St. Paul police records, uh, reports they found Gunn's DNA on a spent shell, further tying him to the crime. Fast forward a year. Gunn pleaded guilty in Ramsey County Court in a plea agreement that will keep him out of prison and out of jail. 
prosecutors offered him probation. And now several people aware of the case are asking why. A Ramsey County attorney's office spokesman in a statement said in part uh, that the victim's boyfriend, who was with her in the Red Denali, died as they were preparing for trial. Apparently not from that gunshot, but he, in the interim, this fellow the woman was with, died. Okay. Due to lack of witnesses, we reached an agreement with Mr. Gunn to secure a plea of guilty to count two with a stay of execution, a felony conviction and probation without prison time. And when it came time to to being sentenced last Friday, Judge Joy Barcher went even more lenient than the plea agreement called for. Wow. According to the sentencing order, Gunn will serve 120 days of house arrest with work release. Oh, that ought to do the trick. Judge Barcher gave him a stay of imposition for his sentence, which means if he successfully completes four years of probation, his felony assault with a deadly weapon for shooting a car with kids inside will be reduced to a misdemeanor. What planet are we on? That's from CARE 11. I haven't seen it reported elsewhere. It's all over. Is it? Yeah. May I? Two hours ago, gentlemen. Let me turn this off. Governor Tim Walz tweeted the following. Minnesota's physicians are right. Gun violence is a public health crisis in America. It's long past time for lawmakers to put our children and families first by passing meaningful gun safety measures. What would that how would that impact the life of this fellow named Gun? June 11th, Governor Tim Walls tweeted the following. Lawmakers must be brave enough to come together and pass common sense gun safety laws. Our children's lives depend on it. Lawmakers must be brave enough to get together and go over north and visit the Reverend Tim Christopher. That's what they need to do. And then back up their BS promises with action. Lawmakers must be brave enough to say to prosecutors and judges, quit letting these thugs back out on the street. Amen. That governor, God, is he out of touch. Wow. Wow. I I think, Kenny, he's just grasping at whatever fan base he has left. They all are, though, Chris. Uh, Headline, um, as gas prices rise... They become a big fa- uh, factor in the race for governor. So what are you going to do about it, Walls? What can you possibly do? The only thing he could do is uh, make a push to relieve the state's gas tax, which might save you a few cents. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Back when people were not insane, <laughs> How Thomas, far back you going? this is a Thomas Jefferson quote. Okay. But, of course, it has to be discounted. <clears throat> he was an old white oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Laws that forbid the carrying of arms disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to encourage than to prevent homicides for an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. But that wouldn't fly today. Hmm. I missed this one too, 17 hours ago. Governor Tim Walz, I'm listening to our students. And as long as I'm governor, I will continue to fight to end gun violence. And a lot of the comments below that were, well, thank God we only have you for a few more months. 
Well, you can't blame them for wanting to fight gun violence. I mean, that's but a, that's right. You can fight the gun violence all you want, but right. when these judges are letting these thugs out on the street, what? don't let him off, Such. He he does he, by saying what you just said. He doesn't give a rat's ass. He'll say anything he's, he has he's to say. He's grasping for the political boilerplate. That's what I'm he's saying. He's trying to get reelected. Re- yeah. He has no intentions of backing up. Well, any you know of the what I would say if I was Walls. I would oh. say uh, I'm aware of Jacob Gunn getting no sentence for firing into a car with uh, two children in it. I would like to mo- know more about why we even have a judge named Joy Barcher. Call them out. This is where, not where, a Republican who are you, or Joy Barcher? He shot at other people in a car. Look up that name, Rook. Joy Barcher, B-A-R-T. S-C-H-E-R. This was just as recently as this past Friday, June 10th, Judge Roy Barcher went even more lenient than plea agreement called for. Uh, Ramsey County, what, I suppose a district judge or something? I'm, I'm unaware uh, of it. Ramsey County Judge Joy Barcher. Let's see. That's a MinPost thing. Let me see what I can find out about her. She was an associate attorney... Uh, appointed by Mark Dayton, October 30th, 2012, elected in 2014 and 2020. Her current term expires in 27. She was an associate attorney at Rogoszewski, Sieben, and Aikens, where she handled criminal defense, personal injury, family, and other general practice matters. She studied uh, social work in Spanish at College of St. Catherine in St. Paul. She's bilingual, uh, did some pro bono work, was named one of the 100 Mitchell College of Law alumni who have made a difference. Yeah, you're making a hell of a difference, Joy. Wow. Rogoshevsky? Rogoshevsky. I know Rogo. Do you? I'm going to call him and ask him, what the, what the hell? What is this? What is this? I don't think that's what they taught him at Rogoshevsky, Sieben, and Aikens. I don't know. Maybe it's a different Rogo, but I doubt it. More like Dewey Howe and... Dewey Howe and Cheatham. <laughs> yeah. Dewey Howe and Cheatham. No, it's Dewey Cheatham and Howe. Dewey, Dewey Cheatham and Howe. Howe. Right. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Twitter, by the way, uh, Rook, are you? Do you have Twitter? I have Twitter. I don't have it up right now. Your uh, your guy tweeted something that I think you're going to want to look at. Uh, former Governor Jesse Ventura. Oh, good. He had a, a tribute this morning, and it, it's and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because we had referenced it last week. I on, didn't even know he was program. on Twitter. He he is, and I follow him. He, he's actually a pretty good follow on. Oh, really? On Twitter. But I'll, I'll just I'll just, I'll just save you time here. Okay. Can you spell? Stop it. No. Suits. No. Uh, this was, hey, Jesse, I'm kidding. Because I know you work. listen to every word of this podcast. Hey, I didn't hear it, but yeah. tell Joe. Tell Joe that, yes, I can. Uh, this was tweeted out about just shy of 40 minutes ago. Still hard to believe that Predator is now 35 years old. Many thanks to all of you fans for making it a classic, and it's got him with the... Ain't got time to believe. He's got the chai. Oh, yeah, the big chai. chiseled look. What was the line you said last week about Predator? That's the only reason why I brought it up. Uh, With the gov. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a line. It was how a Jean-Claude Van Damme That's what thought it was. he was going to be this. He, he, <laughs> he did this role. He thought he was going to be this big predator that killed all these people. Right. And he was in a suit that was invisible, so nobody knew who the hell it was. And Van, Van Damme hated that, and so Jesse liked to tease him about it. <laughs> nobody knows who you are. You ain't seen, you know? What if the predator needed to clean his house? Well, I know what he would do, I, and I know what the governor would do. And I, I, I haven't personally talked to him about this, 
but he's got a lot of windows. He's got a lot of gutters. Off I've the seen, grid? I've been to his place. Okay. I'm not the one down south, but the one that is local. Have you here. been the one with the silo full of tortillas? Yes, and they're they're still fresh. All right. Still very fresh. Uh, but I would advise him to talk to Kahuna Window and Cleaning Services. They'll come out and give you a nice little estimate. It's it's harmless. They'll say, what do you want done? You want your windows done? Yeah. You want the house washed? No, I don't need that, but I like my gutters clean and the roof washed. Take off that lichen that's up there, that black algae. And they'll say, we're going to do it safely because we've got the ladders for it. A lot of people go up and on their own ladders, it might be six to eight a feet, and they fall. And if you break a hip, mess up a knee, it's not worth the risk. They specialize in safety. Ladders equipped with extra accessories that your typical ladders don't have, such as standoffs, soft rubber grip pads, and leg levelers. Their team, they get extensive training when they start, and weekly safety training as a team. Bottom line, it's safer to use Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. They came out to my house. I just talked to Annie. We emailed back and forth. They're going to come out and actually do it so I don't have to. Wow, what a diva I am. Here's the deal. Call 612. You'll be a diva as well. 612-888-5248. You'll be a safe diva. I know that. KahunaWindowCleaning.com. Book that cleaning. Mention you're a GLer, and they'll waive the trip charge. Predators, always welcome. Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Uh So have you priced out the building materials for that project you've been thinking about? Uh, I'll just warn you, they're more expensive than they were yesterday and cheaper than they will be tomorrow. And that's why you get on aimhighconstructionmn.com right now. Get a hold of Chris and get the bid ball rolling. Aim High Construction, they can handle anything uh, anything you're thinking about, and they'll help you with design consultation from the very first day until they clean up their mess and take off. Um, so if you've been thinking and dreaming about a project, the time is now. Do it right now. Aim High Construction. They're your full-service construction company. Quality buildings and honest service. That's their deal. That's their, that's their hustle. And it doesn't matter what kind of project you're thinking about. Roof, siding, concrete, garages. What do you need? Need a deck? Oh, let me tell you something about decks. If you just need to freshen up an old deck or build a new one, Aim High, they do deck-related miracles. I witnessed it myself with our old joint on the south side. They peeled off the old crusty deck boards, leveled it up, put on a new fancy rail system, and it really improved the curb appeal and the equity we earned. AimHighConstructionMN.com will get it done for you. Get in touch with uh, Chris and uh, get on that schedule today. The name changers are at it again. Oh, no. Now what? what? Who's the latest victim? The National Park Service announced last week that Yellowstone National Park's Mount Doan would be renamed First People's Mountain. Oh, come on. The agency said Thursday the change was taken to remove an offensive name from America's first national park. The U.S. Board on Geographic Names voted unanimously unanimously 15-zip affirming the decision. All right. Uh, Wyoming, uh, the Wyoming Mountain stands at 10,551 feet east of Yellowstone Lake. I can't picture it, and I've been to Yellowstone. You've been there many times? No, just once. The mountain was previously named after explorer Gustavus Doan. Born in Illinois in 1840, Dorn grew up in California and attended the University of the Pacific at Santa Clara before enlisting in the California 100, 
a federal volunteer unit absorbed by the 2nd Massachusetts Volunteer Cavalry. After attaining the rank of sergeant by 1864, he resigned to accept a commission as lieutenant with the 1st Regiment, Mississippi Marine Brigade, according to Montana State University. After the Civil War, and it sounds like Doan was fighting for the good guys, right? After the Civil War, Doan was appointed mayor in Yazoo City, Mississippi in 1867. A year later, he applied for a commission with the Army and was appointed second lieutenant in the 2nd U.S. Cavalry. For the next 24 years, Doan served with the regiment, attaining the rank of captain in 1884. He had been stationed at frontier posts in Montana, California, and Arizona during his post-war career. He participated in the Sioux War of 1876, the Nez Nez Pierce War of 1877, and the Apache Campaign of 1886. Doan also led the first official exploration of present-day Yellowstone National Park, the Langford-Washburn Expedition of 1870. Toward the end of his life, Doan unsuccessfully attempted to gain the superintendency of Yellowstone National Park and influence widespread Army acceptance for his invention, the Doan Centennial Tent. He died on May 5, 1892. The National Park Service said that in 1870, Doan led an attack on a band of uh, Pegan Blackfeet in response to the alleged murder of a white fur trader. During, uh, during what is now known as the Marias Massacre, at least 173 American Indians were killed, including many women, elderly tribal members, and children suffering from smallpox. Doan wrote fondly about this attack and bragged about it for the rest of his life. The agency wrote, the name was forwarded to the Board of Geographic Names in June 22, 2022, based on recommendations from the Rocky Mountain Tribal Council. Yellowstone National Park reached out to all 27 associated tribes over the last several months and received no opposition or concern regarding the change. The name change will be reflected in the domestic names, geographic names, information system in coming days. The park said they may consider additional changes to other derogatory or inappropriate names in the future. Hold on, I got you. Well, I don't know the names of all the edifices in Yellowstone, but if, if that's your standard, they all have to be changed. Then they, I was just going to say, then they all have to be. They all have well, to be everything, changed. Everything does. All the, a lot of people don't realize all the heroes of the Civil War after the Civil War ended went out west and started killing Indians, George Custer included. Well, um, let's move over to Yosemite. But I, I would prefer, I guess I don't mind First Peoples, but I would like to... Sp- um, pick out a specific Native American, yeah. like Red Cloud or somebody. Mm-hmm. That, that would, I don't, I don't know, but whatever. Yosemite National Park officials are seeking the public's help in locating those responsible for graffiti painted along a popular trail in the park. Park rangers began receiving reports of the graffiti around 8.15 p.m. local time on May 20 along the Yosemite Falls Trail one of the park's oldest historic trails that leads to the top of a north of North America's tallest waterfall. In assessing the damage, rangers found about 30 sites along the Yosemite Falls Trail spray-painted with white and blue graffiti, officials said Sunday in a post on Facebook. Photos shared by park officials show rocks with the words Fresno along with other graffiti. The vandalism ranged in size from 1 foot by 1 foot to as large as 8 feet by 8 feet. If you were on the trail, 
to the top of Yosemite Falls between 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. on May 20, 2022, and saw individuals carrying cans of spray paint engaging in tagging or have video or photographic evidence, please let us know by visiting uh, go.nps.gov, Yosemite National Park official said in the statement. All right. That enrages me. It's difficult to remove, too. That reminds me, we had a local guy here, I'm going to say back in, I don't know, 2014 or 15, who defaced Pompey's Tower, which is a place where um, William Clark um, carved into just an outcropping of rock. Pomp, he was uh, Sagajawea's kid, carved his name into the side of this mountain, and it's a special place because uh, Clark took the Yellowstone back to... um, the northern part of the Dakotas. It's not as fun ripping the Dakotas when John's not here, but it was <laughs> in the northern edge of Dakota. And uh, it's a, kind of a really quiet, cool little place, and this jackass defaced it. Well, they caught him and, you know, made him pay off the cleaning bill, but w- I don't understand yeah, the what's, motivation. What, why? Why well, I think this falls under the rubric of man losing touch with nature. I think it's deeper than that. Why, though, why you? wouldn't you have great respect for this land you're on? Yeah, but that's just it. I, I think too much of too much respect in general has gone by the wayside. Well, really? Well, but that's what that's what this falls under, don't right. you think? Well, it's a decline of moral and ethical integrity. A man losing sight with nature, giving no second thoughts to the idea that this is a special place, zero guidance, enjoyed by many. And why would you screw it up? Because you're an idiot. Here we go. Selfish idiot. Cole Randall, 24, of Plymouth, accepted responsibility last week for defacing Pompey's Pillar National Monument by carving his name and his new bride's name into the same rock where William Clark had etched his name more than 200 years ago. You, I could do five of these a day. The, the, the world press is full of people who go to some sacred place in Thailand and strip naked and have their picture taken. I mean, it's just, it's endless. An endless disrespect for history is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And history unknown to them. So Yosemite and Yellowstone in the news under man you losing know what? sight with nature. If you're going to do that, here's my advice. Climb a water tower. <laughs> Show me you got balls. Right. Get up there. <laughs> if there was ever a time... For the riding season, it's now. Look at these temperatures that are forecasted. Whether it's an electric bike or a scooter, go shop for your favorite EcoFun Motorsports in the brand new location on Highway 97, one block west of I-35. Those scooters, 49cc Bintelli scooters on sale for $14.99. That's 115 miles per gallon rating. B1 electric bikes at $15.99. Fifteen ninety nine. There are twenty three different types of electric bikes for sale at EcoFun Motorsports, and you know what? Uh, even though we've always looked at them at fun recreation, it's becoming more than toys when you're paying five dollars and nine cents a gallon. These bikes can be considered a required mode of transportation because they're affordable, and EcoFun has them. They have storage options. You can include repairs before spring season. Uh, that the bikes also have storage option. That storage option was referring to actually keeping your bike there because they're a full service operation. Twenty-three different, twenty-five different types of e-bikes in stock, and Kaylin Bloom is the expert. She'll find the right one for you. 
gas scooters on sale for $12.99. That turns every urban errand into an adventure, and you're beating the man at the pump. You're just beating the man at the pump. Youth ATVs and dirt bikes in stock, Crossfire 200 fuel-injected golf carts, great for the cabin, campground, or larger property. Get a free GL T-shirt when you purchase. Tell them you're from GL. E-bikes and scooters. Gas prices are through the roof. E-bikes and scooters will get you around town all summer and uh, to a point of health, too. Ah. Pedaling those e-bikes. It's EcoFun Motorsports, a great website, ecofunmotorsports.com. A new location coming in the South Metro. We'll be springing that on you one of these days. But right now it's the brand new building, EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 97 in Forest Lake. Just a, uh, what did I say, a mile or a block? I think you said a mile. Well, it's not far. You just got to get off on 97 and take a left and bing, bang, boom, there you are. Mm-hmm. EcoFun Motorsports. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans. Can I request something of them, Joe, before you go any further? Sure. Send us a picture of these animals right out your window. Yeah, for all I know, there's a hippo on their patio. I want to see that, yeah. or, or even a short video. Yeah, that's that's all. Do they post that on their website? I bet they do. Yeah, yeah, but I want I want. But you want to personalize? I want personal. And that website is worldwidewaftage.com. Mm-hmm. All one word: worldwidewaftage.com. On this day in 1820, John H. Stevens was born in Brompton Falls, Quebec. A farmer, merchant, editor, and legislator, he would later build a house on the west bank of St. Anthony Falls. In 1849. Hmm. I don't know why that's significant. In 1838, <laughs> Captain, a man in Montana just changed his shirt. Right. In 1838, Captain Frederick Marriott, author of numerous sea tales, most memorably Mr. Midshipman Essay. Aye, matey. No, aye. Mr. Midshipman Easy. Swamp the deck. Visited Fort Snelling while on a trip to investigate American democracy. The next year, he published Diary in America, which contains several chapters on his Minnesota experiences. And on this day... A lot of skeeters. I bet that was uh, right up there at the top. Boy, there are a lot this year, aren't there? A lot of skeeters. you got to get your motion. She's pretty damp. On this day in 1886, a four-mile log jam closed the St. Croix River at at Taylor's Falls. The jam was so spectacular. How spectacular spectacular was was it? Excursion trains were booked from Duluth to see it. And then later, it was the star of a, a, of an adult movie on uh, right. the big the big Lebowski. Um, so, I, a, a question: We were so interested in seeing it that we had to book a van to go or, a yeah, train you know, or a train. Excuse they me. Didn't, they didn't have not uh, a lot going on back then. They didn't have Hulu and <laughs> Netflix. And on this day in 1968, a tornado killed nine people in Tracy, Minnesota, Lyon County. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. That must have been one hell of a tornado. Lyon is the only county in, uh, the only L county in Minnesota, little known fact. Uh, lake, lake, lake of the woods. 
Lincoln, LeSueur. Doesn't take much, Lion, does it? Lion, there's a lot of them. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't take, take much Light goes all. on, the monkey hits that's the right, button. That's right, that's right. throw him something, and he's off Hey, Ma, running. grab the kids. We're taking the train to go look at the boats in the log Lake, jam. Lake of the Woods, LeSueur, We're log Lincoln. jamming down here. <laughs> Lake, Lake of the Woods, LeSueur, Lincoln, okay, and Lion. Okay, Joe. Okay, Joe. just okay. had to get him straight. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, GL. He couldn't let it go. No. He was not going to let it go. GLers, do us a favor and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel where we are providing daily content for your amusement. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which is, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Insta, which Joe is a big, big fan of Instagram. And you can also download that PodMN app if you have not done so already to your smart device where you, yes, you, are going to have the chance to win daily prizes by listening to this fine program. We'll catch you tomorrow.